following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who run this town tonight Hey, welcome to another show The Plum Live Sports Talk uh, I think we got a sometimes rich show or something like that. Hey, we uh, thank oh, you for coming. It's only something like that. Okay, can you wait till I bring us in? Again, thanks for uh, joining for us. We live here in the Phoenix. Actually, we are in Phoenix, Arizona. You should have seen the weather last night. I thought a tornado was going to come through. Then I wake up. Man, it's a beautiful day. I think it's going to be about 68 degrees, but it's still kind of cool, so I'm dressed like it's wintertime. Where Coach is in D.C., Virginia area. Yeah, uh, we're going to be snowing tonight. We had snow last week over the weekend, Saturday night. It's supposed to snow again tonight. It's going to snow tonight? Yes, it's supposed to. Well, it's going to snow tonight here, too, but it's going to be up in Flagstaff, not where, not where everything happens. But well, uh, we, Are you in Flagstaff or are you in Phoenix? No, I'm in Phoenix. Okay, then. Don't I'm make a difference with doing the Flagstaff. Hey, this is Arizona. Well, I talk about, I talk about I everything right that goes on in Arizona. I talk about I, – I, I see I'm going to have to get a mute button. That's what I'm going to have to do. I'm gonna okay. get a mute button. Mute yourself, son. Mute yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna get a mute button. I'm gonna go talk to Ray, Ruben, and Ryan. Somebody bring me a mute button in here, or when I say three, put him on pause. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't do. Don't listen to him. He gets y'all in trouble. Hey, look, man, we got a good show going on. It's gonna go by fast. You know that, obviously. Always. Uh, we just started this five after right now, so we'll you talk know, about Ray, that listen, Monday. We need two hours, Ray. Hey, listen, we're gonna talk about that Monday night football. Uh, briefly, because it, it was trash. We're gonna get into some AI. We're gonna get a. Uh, but I, I do want to ask you a question, man. Look, Can you uh, accidentally be shot to death? Accidentally? I don't think. Well, I mean, if you plan, if you're cleaning your own gun, or you're doing something with your own gun, then of course you can be accidentally shot to death. But okay. if you're doing it yourself, if someone else does it, I really don't. Unless you're hunting, or they're cleaning their gun, and you're standing in front of the, the barrel. I can understand accidentally, but come I, I, on. I thought really? uh, it's shot, it. shot to death. That's more than one shot, though, isn't it? Oh, accidentally shot to death? Well, one shot. Well, one shot. You. Oh, okay. Well, look, well, I asked you that because a man accidentally shot to death during an argument. Now. Oh, well, no, you ain't accidentally shot to death. During an argument, argument over a Texas and Nebraska game. It wasn't even Kansas. I can see you shooting somebody over a Kansas game for, for even watching them play this year. But. I, I, uh, I, 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 you can't call me. You can't get actually, you know. There you know, no I, don't, I don't condone, I don't condone any shooting in a, in a or anybody argument. getting shot, but you can't accidentally shoot somebody over an argument over, over a football game. No, you can't. And uh, you just got, he just got shot. Just tell the truth. Well, well, let me bring in my next guy. We got Michael Banks, a uh, former NFL uh, defensive tackle. Uh, he's, he want to say defensive end, but he was in the mix. He was in there fighting. Uh, Banks, you on? You on? Yeah, I'm on, call me. <laughs> What's going on, Bankston? <laughs> hey, that's much. What's happening? Listen, hey, man, don't let him talk to you that way, Bankston. Excuse me? Don't let him talk to you that way. I'm just saying. I know. He, I mean, he was down in the mix. He was grinding. He did all the hard work. All I did I'm do was look pretty and pick balls off. Truthfully, I'm not worried about Kwame. You should be worried about Kwame. But let me ask <laughs> you this, Bankston. This is the same question I asked uh, uh, Rich. 
can a man accidentally be shot to death over an argument of a football game? It depends on who holding the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your answer right there? Well, look, a Marine, a Marine, police in North Carolina are saying a Marine was accidentally shot to death when he got into an argument with his friends over Texas-Nebraska football game. I'm like, where was the gun? They was, they were struggling, <laughs> tussling, whatever they do. Yeah, Texas ended up winning that game anyway, 13-12, and they playing for the BCA, playing in the BCA championship game. We'll talk about that later on too. But yeah, I I don't understand how you get shot to death after you was arguing. That's why yeah, I'm not holding the gun. gun. If he was holding the gun and he brought it to the table, the person that got killed. Uh, and then there was an incident that happened where there was a fighting or tussling, what the case may be, then it could be declared an accidental shooting because he's the one brought it to the table. And the other person brought it to the table, and he was rustling and tussling or whatever the case may be, he shot him, then that's not an accident. Well, it could be on purpose. Yeah, well, if, I, yeah, if I'm arguing with somebody and then I got a gun and then I bring the gun to the table, this is not an accident. This is like... Don't say another word that I don't disagree with, and it's going over. And that's it. All right, man, let's move into some Monday Night Football game. That's just a little opening right there. We got Coach B. We got uh, uh, Michael Banks, former NFL player, on the line. Michael be doing a lot of good things. We'll get into that before he get off the air. Uh, I don't know how many seconds he's going to hang on to. It sounds like he's asleep. But, fellas, the Monday, the Monday Night Football game, I, wanna, I just want to briefly touch on this because it was a game full of penalties and turnovers, and I ended up turning the game off because it was just it was a sloppy game. So uh, I'm gonna get your take on uh um, get you get your take on the game, and then Green Bay Packers they did uh, move forward to get into the playoff spot. Coach, what you got? Well, my process, you know, I'm a Ravens fan, so you know I'm a little biased when it comes to to the Ravens, but you know I think that overall, offensively and defensively, they just, they just didn't play a good game. You know, Green Bay came out there, let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball up and down the field. Um, you also had, I think you had over th- close to 400 yards in penalties and P.I. penalties alone. NFL record. Yeah, and granted, no, no, and granted, they also had some that didn't get called. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 26 for 40 for 263 yards, three touchdowns, two INTs. Joe Flacco didn't show up, 15 for 36 for a buck 37, a touchdown and three picks. One pick he threw, they were in the goal. In the red zone, he threw back across his body. You know that could have they could have been up. Um, but why is he doing that? Been up twenty one um, seventeen at that point. Even though Terrell Suggs and uh, uh, Reed was out of the game, uh, and they still have a pretty good defense. It's just the mentality over there in Baltimore defensively that they feel like they can stay in ball games and win it in the end. And that's what they did when they won a Super Bowl. It was all predicated on defense. So um, I'm good. It was all predicated on defense. So why would Joe Flacco? Uh, do things that he didn't do last year. I don't believe in that sophomore slump stuff. If you, if you elevated your game that first year, you should only come out, come back and get better. I know, I know well, the offensive coordinators they want to put more on you since you had a great uh, rookie season. But why would you come and throw a ball across your body? And anybody from the time you start playing football as a quarterback, you know there's trouble when you throw a ball across your body. And then Brett Favre of the world can get away with that. Dan Marino's can get away with that. Because their arm was so strong, and Flacco's arm is strong, but again, he hasn't been playing in many years that those guys play. But why would you do that? Put yourself in a situation like that. You know, as the Ravens' mentality is that you know don't lose the game for them, right? The offense because their defense has been so great. Yeah, they had a few key players out, uh, but they did. They do still have a, a very viable defense. Uh, they just didn't show up totally. Like you said, they allowed a 
Rodgers to throw the ball down the field, uh, even though he's been a very accurate passer for the, this whole year. But yet and still, this is getting time to the crunch time, and you try to make the playoffs. I mean, they both play in cold cities. Baltimore is cold just like a, uh, Green Bay is, so that's not an excuse. Uh, a couple of key players at this time, that's going to be happening because the season is so long, but that's not an excuse as well. I think penalties, of course, has been a factor, uh, but I think some of those penalties was a necessary call. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan, an advocate of the referees, as uh, I'm sure you're not as well, Kwame. I'm sure you got a lot of those interference penalties called on you before. Right, well, uh, I think I think the referees play too much part of a game, and I can't even, um, you know, I just looked at this um, – to, to switch over real quick, this uh, Donahue uh, situation of how they they target players. If you don't, if they don't like the player, they they target him and um, assess fouls to him. Uh, and this was yeah, in basketball. Last night. This was in basketball. But but yeah, as what Michael was saying, yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, referee playing too much. The referees are there to control the game. If it's a penalty, there's a penalty. There's a foul, there's a foul. What may have you, but you're there to control the game, not dictate the game. And I, and I, that's why I have a problem with it. But well, I think they, I think they got too uh, uh, flag happy. I think they just seem like they want to be part of the record, but in a negative sense. But I know they also getting paid heavily for what they do, and they also getting graded for what they do too right. as well. I mean, it's a lot of emphasis put on them as knowing what they should know and, and not uh, basically losing games for uh, teams uh, by unnecessary penalties or by not calling penalties they should call. So I think they just get over emphasis on. On, um, like I said, they should be controlling the game, but not uh, uh, dictating the outcome of a game, which sometimes they have in the past, especially, like you said, basketball, right. which was easily determinable. Well, you know, my, my, my thought process on all that is, number one, don't put them in a situation to determine the game as a player. Okay? You know, the Ravens over, over this year have led the league, number one in the league, in um, more than 20-yard PI penalties. I think they had ten going into last night. That was number one in the league. Was so if you don't, as a player, if you don't put the referee in a position to, to determine the outcome of the game, you won't have these problems. Well, play the game clean, play the game crisp, and do what you're supposed to do. You know your responsibilities. Well, but then again, like Donna, he said last night on the TV that, and that you just said, Quam, is the fact of yeah, some referees are they do try to determine outcomes of games. Well, yeah, and I don't, th- and I don't think that's a, a fair uh, part of the game. Uh, they need to do more. They need to do something uh, more research and more schooling and whatever, what have you, as far as that part is concerned. Because you got to think about, even at that point, you got to think about uh, these guys work all off season to become uh, to play in that final game, and a penalty can take you away from it uh, at any sport on any level. But for a guy who just uh, go watch film all day, and I'm talking about the referees, and then uh, not able to even run. With these guys up and down the field to determine a football game, basketball game, any sports where you got to judge and make decisions, and some of it's subjective. To determine the outcome is a uh, is crazy to me. I don't I don't think that should be um, uh, the final decision when it comes down to it. And that's why we have so much controversy with the the uh, instant replay and the instant replay. I think that's in itself is great because these referees. It is a hard job. Let me get that right. I try to do a little league game. It is a hard job, but mm-hmm. I can imagine on their level, it is a hard job to see everything. But these guys got to get in shape. You got to run them down. You got to be in position to see the play. And the instant replay uh, plays heavily in um, in uh, saving some of these calls that these referees make, whether they wrong or right, or whether you got a judgment or you just have a uh, indiscretion against some guy on the football field. 
like uh, Donahue for the uh, in the NBA. Right. Well, I think I just feel when it's skewed in such a in the case like last night and, and other uh, games that were played prior, then that's when you, the emphasis is made more. I, I, I agree with Coach when he says, "Don't leave it into the referee's hands to determine the game," uh, and I agree with that. You play within the lines and you play within the means of the, of the game and, and the scheme I just and everything think, else. Right. But I mean, the thing about it is, I think when it's skewed in such an aspect that it did determine the game. Nobody's perfect. I mean, we play ball before, and we're not perfect. We don't make mistakes, and, and they're going to continue to make mistakes. And just like the referees, they make mistakes too. Uh, like I said, everybody learns the game and understand the game as best of their ability and go out there and perform. And, and as the referees go out there and, and call the game accordingly, but they're not going to call the game correctly all the time. And that's why I, I guess it go back to the, what Coach said, don't leave it in their hand. But in the essence of last night, I think it was just skewed. There's just too many penalties called. Right. I mean, unnecessarily to me, just totally unnecessary. Yeah, well, that's it. We gotta, we got about thirty seconds, but I, I want to get you guys. Uh, I'm, Banksy, I don't know if you're gonna hang around. You have something to do, but I want to get you guys' opinion on uh, uh, this T Tebow and uh, AI crying. Uh, <laughs> also, also, I mean, it, it's it's all motion, but I also want to get your opinion on uh, briefly on the Pittsburgh Steelers. What happened? What's happening to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, uh, the champs of last year? We're going to talk about Kwame Lot Sports Talk sometimes, Rich, and uh, finish up the second segment. We're going to a lot of things. we got Tiger Woods uh, issues coming up, too. We'll be back in two minutes. All black, everything, and I a black purse, riding with a diligence. I can't more in depth if you boys really rhythm enough. This is like a million. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. This is not my sexy voice music. We're going to wait till the last second to get into that. So, ladies, call in if you want to hear that. Listen up, clear. I don't want to hear that at all. Cut that off. Hey, we back. I'm joined by Junior Spivey. We left off talking about Monday Night Football, PIs, the turnovers, uh, the the, the uh, emphasis the referees play on the game. Uh, with Michael Bankson, Rich, Coach B, as you uh, always hear, we got Spivey on the line. Now, when I left off, I wanted to talk about. I said something. We're gonna get into the Tiger Woods issue. We might use the last two segments of that because we need a really, a really a two-hour, three-hour show for that that guy. But uh, Tebow crying on the sideline, obviously, and uh, AI crying in his interview. Now, I almost cried when AI cried too because it was getting emotional. 
But uh, I don't get you guys say. We were talking off the air, and Banks said he saw me cry. It's all right to cry. I mean, it's, it's okay for a man to cry, Mike. Oh, so, you, so you're going to call yourself out so Banks don't have to do it. That's how you do? That's how I do because I'm smarter than you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know well, I got, I got, okay, I got uh, Michael Bankson, Junior Spivey, Coach B on the line. Guys, when is it okay to cry? Uh, did you, uh, give me your assessment on those two incidents. Go ahead, Junior, since you just got I on the just show. I just think, you know, T-Bone crying, man, that's, 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 you can't do that. That's unacceptable. You know, if you're getting ready to retire and it's your last game, you're on your way out, yeah. But situation like that, man, you lose a game, you want to start crying? Come on now. He said uh, he wanted to, he wanted uh, to finish now, the season a I'm certain the, way. When the camera's on you, you can't do it. You know, if you wait to get the locker room, man, go do what you got to do. In the shower, you know what? I'm, you know like what? I'm, a, I'm a give T-Ball a benefit of the doubt. Why? I mean, why? Why is that? I'm gonna give him a benefit of the doubt, not just because of the football aspect, because of what he did for humanitarian reasons, humanitarian reasons, because you know he did a lot of stuff uh, as far as helping kids going overseas and doing things like that. So, and a person that does things like that has to be an emotional person, and has to be um, not not distance from what they're doing, but very close to what they're doing. So I think the idea that he was very close to his coach, he lost a huge game, you know, and everything else, you know, I think that the emotions is overwhelming. He cried, you know. I don't think that's the type of person that cries every day, but I think that's a person that is emotionally attached to himself and understand and has some nature about him that, you know what, hey, when emotions overwhelming, it's okay to cry. Coach, Coach B, what, what you got on that? Man, what, what some people don't really realize is Tebow's still a kid. He's in college. Hey, man, not a girl, he's, he's not, he's high school. Some year old girl, and I didn't man. cry. We lost in the state championship game, but I didn't cry. Yeah, but you know what? I think when you <laughs> I'm go. I'm not going to cry. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm it's, not going to cry. Not like right. that. fact, though, because I lost. Okay, he listen, okay, been, okay, here we go. He has been at the University of Florida since he was, what, 17 years old. Uh, he's done went through everything with that school. He ain't it's still an emotional a kid. Tie. He went like Banks, like Michael said. He, he, you may say he's still a kid, but if you go through all that stuff, at what point do you grow up? If you're going on the seas, you're being a humanitarian. At what point are you growing up? So you and think that, because I'm you saying, cry because he cried, he's not grown. He's not grown up. I, I, I didn't say that. You saying it's okay? I'm just going off what you said. You saying it's okay because he's still a kid? Well, University of Florida, it is. No, it is. Oh. Okay, season, okay, okay, you know, hold on a second. To, it, hold, hold on, because uh, don't count. You guys on the phone um, can't hear each other, uh, cutting each other off. So, um, Coach B saying um, it's all right to, for him to cry because he's still a kid. I, I think I agree with Michael and I agree with Spive on this. Go to the locker room and cry. It's all right to have all those emotions because you have done a lot of things. If you're a humanitarian and, and emotions build up, man, if your eyes water up, you do it in the locker room. I'm not saying it's because you are. Uh, you go to University of Florida, or you still a you seven you twenty one years old now. You can't cry. Everybody cries. It depends on what's happening in their lives and situations. He wanted what he said. Tim Tebow is this is not how he envisioned going out. You envision a lot of things in your life, and all of it don't turn out that way. So I'm not saying cry or not cry, but he's saying he's crying because he wanted to win that last game. That's just like a look a little kid at a pop Warner game wanting to win a football game. Now. I, okay. My, my take on it, I'm just old school, man. I was just brought up old school, and you just, you know, you don't do it. You don't cry. You know, I'm old school, man, and that's how I was brought up, and that's just how I was. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to basically, I'm not going to, hey, I, I'm just old school. 
there's no crime. There's no crime in football. There's no crime in sports, period. I'm just old school. At least you don't get caught. You don't let the other team or anybody else or the cameras catch you crying. Who, who told I'm just, you? I'm just too old school. I'm just I'm the stickler behind that. Who's that, uh, Spivey? Your, um, your father or your coach? My, or? My, my, hey, that was my pops. That was my godfather who played uh, who played professional baseball, that played, uh, 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 that was that was basically going to get drafted, play football. But he was just, he's old school. You know, he came up in the 70s. You know, that's just old school. That's their mentality. You just don't get caught. You know, they just, right now, that's where the game has changed. You didn't see that, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Guys are crying on TV. You didn't never catch that, especially after loss. You would never see that. Never. Yeah, no. never. Now, you know, if someone passed away and your emotions get caught up, you know, when Jordan cried after his dad had passed and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, things like that, it happens. Brett Favre, you know, that's when, okay, now it's okay to cry. But, man, over a loss. Because you didn't go out the way you wanted to go out? Come on, man. Yeah, no, I would agree I was raised that. differently, and that's where the game has changed from, you know, the way guys played the game before us. And now it's okay to cry. Now it's okay to let your emotions go on TV. No. No, no unless, okay unless, unless it's a death or something, I would agree with that. No, you're not going to get caught crying situation. on TV. I'm sorry to keep rallying on, but I'm just old school. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, listen, all right. Well, here we go right here. What about um, Allen Iverson coming back to Philadelphia? I thought that was a, you know. That is a, that is a time you cry. You that, know I mean? thought that was an emotional situation. That, that and you, when you look situation. at it, you can understand he where he's coming from. What's Philly that? should have never let him go. Man, you know what? It's a lot of guys on a, they shouldn't have let him go. But there's a lot of guys on a lot of t- other teams that we can say that about. And then when he left Philly, the, all the turmoil that he went through with the other two teams. So him coming back to Philly, I thought that was a emotional time and he wanted to be there he didn't want to leave but right. if you listen to the interview he said uh growing up as a kid there he did did a lot of things to portray a different image and and I, I i agree with that he had the wrong people around him. he was doing the wrong things when you give a guy like you know when you give these guys certain things certain status uh then you give them a pass to do certain things and they think they're above the law ai got in trouble a lot he uh he uh he right now he comes back to philly he arrives at the arena late and he said traffic. Now, he'd been there for, what, 10 years? He know what the traffic is in the wintertime in Philadelphia. So I don't know where he steps up. I think the um, uh, interview itself uh, was emotional, and I can understand him in that situation crying. Yes, sir. I, Go ahead, uh, I, Coach. Um, I um, think that, you know, like you say, I, I, you know, one thing about AI going back to Philly, yes, it's a great thing for him to go back to Philly to finish off his career there. Honestly, that's great. He cried in the press conference because it was an emotional time. AI is a competitor. He's an emotional player. He, you know, he he shows he wears his emotions on his sleeves. You can see it from tip off to the end of the game. Every game he's ever played in, he, he wears his emotions on the on his sleeve. Now, one thing I think about him going back to Philly is that maybe you know him with Andre Iguodala, some other players on that team, you know, going to promote, going to push, hopefully push Philly, you know, into the playoffs if it's possible. No way. You no, know, Grant, they're well, they're well below five hundred now. Well, you know what? Hopefully, it's the East. They'll, they'll be all right. It's the East, so that's possible. But uh, Bankson, you still on the line? Yeah, man. What you think about the uh, AI situation? Then we'll move. We got four minutes to break. We'll move on to something real quick. But what you think about the AI interview? Him okay, coming back like to I Philly. Said, you know what? One of the things you said when you know they let him go. Now, what if they let him go and those other situations proved to be very favorable? So that would be a different circumstance we'll be talking about. But in this case, uh, the situation that he went to, well, both of them was available for him, and now he's back at home. And uh, you know, being back at home and. Being 
long and being known as a Philadelphia uh, player uh, for that many years, you know, it is an emotional event for you. I, mean, I, I wish him the best. Um, I think AI still has it in him. Uh, like I said, we all make mistakes in life, but that doesn't mean that we life doesn't go on. That doesn't mean we can't recoup and redeem ourselves and be better people at the end of the day. And I think AI has the opportunity to be and do all those things. And also, if he gets uh, Philadelphia into the playoffs, that's just going to make it a much better situation for him. All right. Well, I, you know what? I'll say, I'll say this and we'll uh, move on to because I want to get your opinions on the BCS, uh, all you guys. Um, AI's Philadelphia, welcome back. Uh, I agree that he should have been there. He should have finished. He will finish his career there. Um, playing in the East, I think they may have a chance of getting the playoffs because all you need is about 35. You need about 36 to 40 games to get in the East and you'll be fine. He might be an eighth seed. But he may, he may be able to push those guys over there, bring that uh, veteran leadership. Uh, he does have a few, one or two players over there that can help him out. And the East is not as strong as the West, so he should be able to uh, prompt those guys to get into the playoffs. All right, guys, BCS. Uh, you got we had three or four teams undefeated. We got three teams undefeated. How 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 do you uh how do you say who deserved the national championship? You still you you guys agree you still going to strength of schedule or you just take away these guys to these kids dreams of doing what you tell them to do, go out there and win every football game you play for two years, and you still don't have a chance at a national championship. We got Texas and Alabama playing. We have uh, TCU and Cincinnati is undefeated. Uh, Florida, we got two minutes to break, but Florida losing in the SEC game, so they get pushed They get pushed to the second game. I think they're playing TCU, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what you guys feel on that BCS still today, after all this time and all the conversation about it? I personally think that, number one, the, beast, the Fiesta Bowl is a sham because they shouldn't have two undefeated teams in the, in, the, in the same bowl. Them two teams, one of them should be in the Orange Bowl, one of them should be in the Sugar Bowl playing, playing some other teams. That's true. Now, with Alabama playing Texas, that's a legit one and two. That's not a bad way to go. Alabama won the SEC, which is probably the best conference in, the, in football, period, by hands down. And, S, and Texas won probably the third best conference, which is – the uh, Big 12. So both of them two teams ran the tables. They both should play the national championship game. But I don't think it's fair to TCU and Boise State need to play each other in the Fiesta Bowl. They need to be spread out somewhere else and let uh, Florida play one of them teams or whoever else is playing those other bowl games come in and actually play those two undefeated teams. So that way now you only have one undefeated team possibly at the end of the season as the national champion. Well, you know what? We got 30 seconds break, and I want to touch on it a little bit more, but I agree with you with the Fiesta Bowl. They only do that. It's money. It's generated by money anyway, but they only do that so at the end of the season they can try to make some sense out of this. But uh, these, two, these two undefeated teams should be spreaded out, just like you said, Coach. Uh, we're going to come back, and we'll finish up on that. Then we'll get into some Tiger Woods and get you guys' opinion on what's happening with this guy. Kwame uh, Sports Talk, Voice America Sports Network. 888-346-9144. Call in. Julius Bobby, Michael Banks, and Coach Beard as always on the show. We'll be back in two minutes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. 
Voice America Sports. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the show. we got Michael Banks and Jimmy Spivey. And as always, Coach B on the line. We talked about the BCS. Before we go into uh, the Tiger Woods, I want to... You guys got anything else on the BCS before we move on? Damn, girl, that's a lot of cream. Well, you know, the only thing about it, I think about the BCS is when uh, USC had lost all those games, they still ranked number 17 and number 18. You know, I think that's an unfair situation just because, I mean, I understand strength of schedule, but, I mean, come on. If you if, Usually in the back of the day, if they lose that many games, they wouldn't be in the rankings. But in this case, they were still in the rankings, and I, and I thought that was just an unfair uh, LSU won a championship nine and two. LSU won a championship. They lost two games. I got a question to ask. I got a question to ask. Bankston, Spivey, and Kwame. All you guys played major college football. Well, Spivey played baseball. Now listen, my question is this: Do you think that Notre Dame, to which players had a right to decline a bowl game? No, because that brings money to the school. But, but Notre Dame's going to uh, make money anyway. That's why they can exactly. go to bowl games at uh, 5 and 6 and 6 and 6 because their fans travel. And that's why they think they can get any coach on the National Division One or any coach in the, in the country to come coach their team because they throw that money at them. They don't look at this guy's body of work. A guy may have a great season um, at, the, at the school he, he is now, and then they can say, well, we want this guy. But you got to forget, you got to get guys who are able to recruit. You're not just getting a guy who can coach on the field. And then the coaching comes with, uh, I think a good coach, a great coach, has a great body of work around him. And not, and not saying that, I mean his his staff, those guys who can recruit, those guys who can reach his player. I, I played with the, uh, I coached, uh, I played on a team with Marty Schottenham coach. Marty Schottenham's an idiot, but he had a good staff around him. 
he had a good staff around him, but you know he can't coach. He just he cries a lot. He's like Dick Vermeer. They, they cry, but they put the right people around him. And right. I, I think um, uh, you, I go to Notre Dame. I don't think they able to uh, should be able to say we don't want to go to a bowl game because there may be one kid up there who went to Notre Dame to go to a bowl game. Right. I mean, you got like like this year. You got Jimmy Clausen declaring, Golden Tate declaring out. I think you owed it to those guys who was there for three years um, to be able to go to a bowl game. Yeah, it may not be a top tier bowl that you think. You know, I, I, I'm, and you know, I got some friends who's listening who are Notre Dame fans. But I understand Notre Dame. They have this "we're bigger than everybody else" mentality within the school because you know they have their own TV contract. No other no other school has their own TV contract. Their own network. They hold their network hostage. NBC does, but showing their games on Saturdays. No other school has that opportunity. You Notre Dame, yes, they do travel well. But what sense does it make to decline a bowl game? No matter what kind of bowl it is for the players, it's not about the school. It should be about the players, and that's the problem I have with Notre Dame. Now, uh, Kwame said the point in the beginning. The fact that it's all about money, and that's the bottom line. And, and Notre Dame does have it up uh, that money factor behind them even if they don't go to the bowl game. And like I said, that bowl game is not what they really want to be in as far as uh, a credible bowl game as far as we know. But the idea that they just got rid of Charlie Weiss, too, and they don't have a coach, and they're looking for coaches. And I think they're just going to sit on the sideline because they don't need money right now. They don't, well, they ain't going to need money for years to come. Right. And you know what? In Notre Dame, uh, I, I think one of the uh, deciding factors was we already had a terrible season. I don't want to get into a bowl game and have another loss, and then the recruits we have coming in say, well, I don't want to go there. The coach left. Maybe they got some guys who has already signed who at this point can opt out because the coach who signed them is not no longer there. So if Notre Dame goes into a bowl game and lose, these guys have an opportunity to opt out that uh, that uh, letter of intent to go somewhere else. So maybe that's uh, – we. there's a lot of factors involved with this, and maybe that's one of them because, you know, if I watch Notre Dame – and then that wasn't my team growing up. And I said, well, I got a chance to go to Notre Dame. If I watch these guys losing a bowl game with no coach, then I'm not going to go there. I go to whoever the second chance uh, school was that I decided on. Well, you know, nowadays, uh, guys going to go where they can have a possibility to get in the league. Yeah. It's only uh, two years, two to three years. If it's baseball, if it's basketball, two years right. and I'm out. Baseball, they can let these guys go right out of high school. Yeah, and basketball, basketball you, they, make year, they, guys, they make a play freshman year now, and that's it, they didn't go to the league. For us, you know, it's three years. Uh, you can't go out to your junior, after your junior but, year. Again, though, again, Notre Dame situation, you know, last year they had a bad season, but yeah, they still make a bowl game, and they still have a good game, and they win. That's so that doesn't, that doesn't propel them into have to good off-season spring training and coming into next this coming past year with high expectations, which everybody had high expectations for Notre Dame this year. Well, they left on a winning note, so those recruits that they had came in and figured, okay, we're going to get this back on track. we got an NFL coach, and like Michael said, I'm going to a certain school. My intention is to get to the uh, NBA, uh, NFL, MLB. My intention is to go to that school where that stock is uh, heavy over there, where the scouts are always there, and um, play two or three years and get out. You go to school to make money, so if I get a chance to come out my junior year and get a multi-million dollar contract, I'm out. And that is the parents, uh, uh, it's the parents' job to get that fin- to get that student or their kid to finish their school. All right, man, let's get on Tiger Woods. Cause we got a little bit of time left. You know how this thing goes. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger Woods, man. Tiger Woods had Tiger a lot. Of, uh, he, he had some, he had a lot of issues for the past two weeks. Um, who? How do we start with this? He got a lot of women coming. Let me. I'm, I'm gonna get this off my chest. Well, Number okay. one. 
let me get this off my uh hold on what? son wait up uh, wait up uh, i'm gonna put the mute button on you right. tiger woods well no i i'll get to you coach right after this but he got a lot of women coming out the woodworks and he's saying uh he deserves some type of privacy for the stuff he's go- that's going on and i don't agree with that at all now i will say this tiger woods don't owe anybody any of us apologies what the media did was build them up and and you know how you have your son you want your son to be better than you that's how Tiger was to, was to everybody. We thought he was different. We thought he was better. Not me. I was just, just the people. Now, if you want great golf lessons or you want a Nike T-shirt from Tiger Woods, go to him. If you're looking for a marriage counselor or a how to be a father or a parent, if you go to Tiger Woods, then you should be going to a psychiatrist right after that. The Tiger Woods don't owe any of us anything. And then you got these women out here that's, who's developing big-time lawyers. Now, what he did was wrong. I don't condone it. What he did was wrong. But... Now everybody's want to capitalize off off his uh his mistake. Now I want to get you guys' opinion. Yeah, transgressions. I want to get you guys' opinion. And then Rich was so uh, eagerly to cut me off. So Rich, you can go first. I didn't mean to eagerly cut you. I just said transgressions. <laughs> I just I have a problem. It's like number one, honestly, you know, as an athlete, all athletes are in situations. No matter if you're in Phoenix, which is I experienced everything in Phoenix when I was there for nine years. Well, you know, you know like it was. Well, and I'm not talking, no, I'm not saying I'm talking with but you made these women have no problem with laying down with them. Now all of a sudden, because this business is out publicly, now you want to call them out. You know? Yeah. It's I like mean, when Michael Jordan, when he, him and his wife went through their thing. You know, you didn't have a problem with saying you date Michael, Michael Jordan or you laying down with Michael J or you doing this, doing that. But all of a sudden now that it's public, you want to capitalize on it and make some money off of it. Now, Mike, always spent, these guys always spent money on you, buying you this, buying you that, taking you this, taking you that, flying you here, flying you there. But yeah, now you have a problem with it because you want to get rich. No one's saying any bad things about these women. They're all jumping on Tiger. What about these women who put themselves in this situation, knowing the guy's married, still want to capitalize on themselves? Because it's, it's not Tiger fair. Woods. It needs to be all needs to be equal here. Yeah, like, like we talked off the air. Um, everybody, we all know somebody, you know, that that's in that's been in that situation. But what you were saying, Coach, because he's Tiger Woods. They know he's married. Now they got lawyers. Think they can capitalize. I don't know what they can get from Tiger Woods, but um, the lawyers, I, I don't know. Maybe they mentally distraught. And, you know, this is the United States of America. You can sue for anything. So let me get you guys, uh, Junior Mike. I, I think it's greed, you know, because how much did that girl sell it? The text messages? She sold them for, like, I know it's from six figures. I know she sold it for that. But it's an opportunity to make money. And with the social media the way it is now, man, you can tweet. You can you can basically go to Facebook. You can put some stuff out here, and it's getting seen by you know millions of people across the world. You you like to yeah. think who keeps three hundred text messages, but <laughs> she kept it. She kept three hundred Tiger text messages. Who keep a dress with some um, leftovers <laughs> behind it on it? It's all a setup. It's all yes, a setup. <laughs> you got to think about it. Just like Julian and was recently yourself was saying, the idea is that they know this guy is married. So why not keep things? Because they got the upper hand at the end of the day, to be honest. Because if you're married, you're supposed to be with your wife. And if you got something on the side, then you already know that you have at a loss. If anything goes down, you're going to be automatically in trouble. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Because, like you say, you don't condone that type of situation. Uh, but in the case of uh, Tiger Woods, he's an example. Michael Jordan, example. Kobe Bryant, example. Uh, Shaquille example because they're high profile players. Is it okay for them to cry right people. now? Now, the everyday Joe Blow do the same thing and they're doing the same thing. Nobody's really going to say anything because it's not a noticeable person. 
uh, and then they can have as many women they can come out. As long as they can handle their own, they're all good. But in the case of, of uh, Tiger Woods, it's just a high-profile person, and you got the media that's blowing it out of proportion, out of proportion, out of proportion, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to blow it out of proportion until, I don't know, until they want Tiger to come up and say something. I don't know what he's supposed to say. I'm sorry. I think he already said I was sorry for my transgressions, but they think they're looking for more out of him. But then guess what? Controversy still. So but they want to keep the controversy going. They're hoping more women come out and say this and say that. It's seven women right now. It's, it's seven At this point, it's seven women. But I, as far as Tiger's apologies, um, I don't think he owed anybody apology except for his family. We, The media built Tiger up to be this this guy because his golf game. We built him up to be this guy. We wanted to see him rise to the top and break every golf record. But this is golf. We we're not talking. We not. We didn't build Tiger up to be a great father. We didn't build him up to be a great uh, parent. We didn't build Tiger up for these things. Now, now I wish I had a, a woman on the show so I can get her opinion on this. Because, I, I, like I said, I don't condone it. So, but what we we didn't build this guy up for his family issues. Tiger, when you don't have anybody to let down, and you know his father passed, so he lived up to that to the highest, uh, up to his highest. So when you don't have anybody to let down, it's easy to let your guard go and start doing other things. Now I'm not saying that he doesn't have to do that things with his mother. Now at this point, I think Tiger, by staying away from everything, is prolonging this situation uh, longer than it should go. I think he need to come out, say what he had to say, get back to business. We use it now. We're gonna take He's a break, but we're gonna come back. He he done it through a blog. When when did you see Tiger on TV? But again, why does he have to come out? And see? He already he, he still did it. He said I apologize for my transgressions. Yada yada. He doesn't owe anybody anything. Right, and he but should come again, out and say that. I, I'm not saying apologize to us. I'm not saying apologize to us. He should come out and say this. All my apologies are to my family. Um, I'll be at the next golf tournament at this point. He don't have to apologize to us for anything. We, I watch Tiger Woods for golf. I don't care how he raised his family. I watch. Well, you know, I don't care what he does. How he stayed this clean, you know what I mean? He stayed that clean for this long. It's yeah. just now coming out. Tiger's being pretty much squeaky clean up until this point. Hold on, Spy. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, man. We, I want to know about his endorsements and all that stuff. But, I, you know, this is Voice America Sport, Kwame Lott Sports Talk, co-host Coach B. We'll come no. back in two minutes and finish this up with my sexy voice. No, no sexy voice. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, Grand Am, or even Lama Racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, the host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster around the world to work each week to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing, while also never forgetting the local weekend warriors. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat for the world of racing. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Channel. Be there or get a DNF. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports arms this is uh chronological sports talk show this is my sexy voice for the last segment hey we got a oh. caller we got a female caller maria and we were talking about the Tiger Woods situation, um, and I wanted a woman's perspective. So, and I didn't want this to be all guy show. Not that all these guys on the panel or on the call condone what Tiger did. We just want to know. I don't even know what we want to know as far as what Tiger, what Tiger. He doesn't owe us apology. He owes his family apology. He need to get on to the business of golf. Maria's on the line. Maria, give us an opinion on the Tiger Woods situation, how these women are attacking him, and why so many women came out with lawyers. Well, I, I don't think that he does owe anybody an apology but his wife and his children. That's it. As an apology to the public, that's just for our sake so that we can stop talking about him. For the women that are with him, they're with him for the notoriety. They know how much money he makes. They know what he does. A so billion dollars. They're with him because he's Tiger Woods, not because he's married. If he wasn't married, it, it would be okay. But the fact that he is married and they have to keep it secret, they know that there's a payoff at the end of that rainbow. If something goes wrong, they know they're in it for the money. That's why the woman kept the text. Who keeps text? Right. Who you, keeps you text? You keep the text because you know that if something goes down, i gotta, I got to pay. I, I'm getting paid. Monica Lewinsky kept the dress. Monica kept the dress with the, uh, with the stuff on it. <laughs> with the baby power. With the baby <laughs> Yes, she did. I mean, she knew what she was doing. Oh. They all know <laughs> my question what is this. Maria, my question cool. for you is this. Why does, okay, we don't know, Tiger has probably already apologized to his wife and family. It doesn't need to be a public apology to them. It's not our business. No, it's not a business. But yet everyone is asking for that. Because he was so squeaky clean, and it hurts more when you build somebody up and you got to break them down. I, yep. I, that's, that's just my opinion on it. That's true, but you know what? He has those commercials out. He's not squeaky clean. I've seen this guy. I want to be Tiger. Or I'm Tiger Woods. You know, that that's an image that he's creating. So he does, He's not creating that image. You know. Media create that image of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is a golfer it? first, family man, parent, and everything else is behind the scenes, not our business. Well, what he, he does it. on the links is our, is our responsibility. He, he allowed that image to be created of himself. He did. He you have no say so in, in, in when it comes to the media creating images of you. He endorsed things and 
have those kids on the commercial saying, I am Tiger Woods. He allowed that. So he, in a sense, he allowed he, his... He has to endorse that stuff. He can't. They can't make that without Tiger's approval. Exactly. Now, no kid going to say, you know what? I am Tiger Woods in the golf world. But he, I'm not Tiger Woods, father, parent, um, and whatever else he is. But the media built that image up for Tiger Woods, but he had to endorse that. Yeah, he and, think about this. And like I said... If you, when you, most men when they have a son, they want their son be better than them. They want their son be better than anybody else. So that's what the media was. Tiger was the media's son. They built him up. They want him to be this and that all across the world. A lot of sports don't go across the world. Golf goes across the world. Boxing goes across the world. Major League Baseball now goes across the world. Football just starting and and wrestling and uh, racing, track and all those things. So Tiger is visible all across the world like Ali was. So now. This is our guy from the United States. This is our media guy. And they built him up, so now it hurts to bring him back down. Right. Well, think about this here, Kwame. You know, you're right. Build him up and put right. him on a pedestal. And think about this. If you're that high, there's only one way you can go is down. You can't yes. go too much higher than what Tiger was. And you got any situation. Think about when he was talking about how he was cursing uh, and he throwing his clubs. They try to make something out of that. Right. But really nothing came about that part of it. But now they really have something to tear him down, to tear his family down and everything else. Because he's up high on that pedestal, he's the first billion-dollar athlete. So think about it. Controversy sale, like I said earlier. Um, well, that's the, that's the sad part, is that his family. Yeah, that's that's family. the bad part. And, and, and like you said, you know, guys were saying, the, the people that he really needs to apologize is to his wife and kids and his family, his mom. And everybody else. Those are the people you really well, apologize. I, I'm still apologize a, I'm me. still a Tiger Woods fan. I'm still a Tiger Woods fan as far as golf. I don't need any parenting advice from that guy or marriage advice from him. I'm a still a Tiger Woods fan. The guy does things on the golf course that uh we'll love to emulate. And now what about his sponsors? Does he lose any sponsors from this? He should not. He should not. Nice he, he, I agree with Spivey. Yeah. I agree with Spivey. He should not because the sponsors came from his uh golf game, not from his family game. Yeah, what do they have to do with anything? They have an image to uphold as well. You know, this is something that A-Rod went through the same similar situation. And it's like, you know, when they got a chance to kick you when you're down, they're going to do it. And that's the price that you pay when you get to that level, when you get to that status. It doesn't matter who the athlete is or anything. It doesn't matter. When you get to that level, they're going to find ways to try to tear you down, period. They are. But as an athlete... You need to try and keep your image squeaky clean. If, if, if you're not already posted as the bad boy. I mean, if you're posted as the bad boy, then you can pretty much do whatever. That's your persona. And if sponsors pick you up while you're a bad boy, then they know what they're getting. What but, about this? What about Charles Barkley, Dennis Rodman? Um, well, Dennis uh, Rodman, they know he's a bad boy already. Right. No, I agree with you. If you come out, if you're not trying to hide things like uh, – uh, Dennis Robin and those guys, Charles Barkley. Charles yeah. Barkley say I'm not a role model, so don't follow me that closely. I'm going to do exactly. bad things. I'm going to do That's bad it. things in the media, and it's, and it's just going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but you know That's you automatically, when you're in that situation, you're a role model, really, regardless if you say it or not. Even on the college level, you're a role model. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're a role model. But, back but again, my thing is on all that role model stuff, and, you know, it's the simple fact of, you know, all of us, you know, have been able to talk to kids in schools. We got three minutes. And, doing, and when a kid asks you, Coach Britt, who is your role model for me? It's not one of you athletes. I could care less about an athlete. A role model for me is my grandparents or my father or my uncles who have done positive things in their life. So, again, what the media and what the world does, they try to put 
these athletes as these role models instead of looking inside their own homes and their own families for positive people. And that's where it's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. Because, because Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model, I'm an athlete. Well, sometimes, you know what? sometimes there's no role models at home. So the yeah. athlete, for the media pub, these athletes so much, you think, oh, I want to be like that guy, only knowing his sports figure, only knowing his sports accolades. Sometimes there are no role models in the home. That's why we create boys and girls club. We create guys like, um, you know, you know, Bankston Spive is a good guy. They create programs where kids can come and learn and, and get away from the the street life, the everyday things, so they can see positive things. But there's not role, sometimes there are not role models in the house. I and I, and like Coach Mike. B, I agree with you. Maria, you well, about the thing school. about it is, is that, uh, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, you asked about his endorsement on the news that Nike made a report. Some of his other endorsed uh, people made a report, and they said they're not, at this present time, doing anything about it. They just support Nike. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, only thing they said at the present time with his major endorsement. Like I said, I saw that on the news. Now, Man. back to you talking about role models. I, 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 I look at it like this here. I think we automatic role models as being athletes. Now, I think, like Coach was saying, I think you get somebody close that you can emulate their life a lot better. We got a minute left. TV that you don't see, that you don't know what how his home life. I might be good on the field, but I might be a terrible father and a terrible husband at home, and that's not really who you want to emulate. You want somebody that's well rounded, and, and that person that's real rounded is a person that you see on a regular basis that you can really see the uh, the, the works in this person's life. Not the person on TV that makes a good shot or makes a good hit or uh, strikes somebody out, but the person that is next to you that you can see that life through and through and know that this person, when he's at home, he's the same. When he's at work, he's the same. When he's by himself, he's that same type of person. All right, fellas, look, I appreciate the guest. Uh, Maria, thanks for calling in. You can call in anytime. I will. As always, Jonas Bobby, Michael Benson, thanks good for looking out, man. Uh, we can go on for this topic forever, man. But if you want to uh, check out the voicemail, QuamLastersports.com. That's my webpage. You check out Spivey there's webpage. Junior Spivey, uh, Michael Bankson. We don't need more time. We need more hours in this uh, segment. We only have an hour. Hope you're listening, Ray. And it's unfortunate that, that, you know, we got a lot to talk about and we just got an hour. But so, all right, I appreciate you guys calling in. This is Quamlast Sports, sometimes Rich Show. We will see you guys next week. Peace, all of Arms. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.